star date. We are still stuck in the 21st century, unfortunately. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes funny and sometimes smart podcast covering all things new and classic Trek. I am your resi goo for sure, a solid uh, Captain Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have Clyde Haynes. I say we boldly get this pod started. And you're with your no win Paul Nario, Paul Sitachit. Oh, that's two. That's two in a row, guys. I did it. He's on a roll. You're getting the hang of this, Paul. You're getting the hang of this. Uh, Tonight, we are discussing and reviewing the fourth episode of the final season of Star Trek Picard, No Win Scenario, directed by Jonathan Frakes, written by Terry Metalis and Sean Tretta. Um, but just a few reminders before we get going, especially for those who might be watching us live and for our audio listeners. Paul, what are some reminders? Hey, just a reminder to subscribe to us uh, where you uh, subscribe to podcasts like Apple, Spotify, YouTube. All links are at StarTrekPod.co. And if you love this content and you would like to join our Patreon for just those dollars uh, per episode at Patreon.com slash StarTrekPod. We'd really appreciate it. Indeed. Clyde, uh, if people are watching us tonight live on YouTube, how can they participate in the chat? Write us a letter, put a stamp on it, self-addressed. Yep. Mail, mail. No, no, seriously, <laughs> uh, type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat, and we will take a look at your comment, your question, your thought, your correction. Just let us know. And at that special time, when you want to let us know your general thoughts of the show, just type capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat, and we'll take a look at your thoughts. Indeed. Okay, y'all. Um, did you? I, I was gonna uh, for like pod news business. I saw lots of um, images and things coming in from the Star Trek cruise, and I have to admit that I have never, besides Star Trek Day, been to a con or like a cruise or anything like that. Have either of y'all participated in a con and or cruise situation for Star Trek? No. The closest I get, well, I... I guess I've done virtual con. We've done virtual Trek cons before, but... Mm -hmm. Like, uh, what you call it? Uh, Yearly, I go onto the Star Trek Cruise uh, website and I go, is this the year? Is is this the year I'm going to go? So I... But, like, I think last year, around August, right, there was a con in Vegas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I... Almost got in, but they had sold out. Like, you know, I, I was there, like, last minute, and I was at the Flamingo, not the Flamingo, I'm sorry, at the at Bally's. Mm. And you're, I'm just playing roulette, and all these people are, are in their gear. And, like, I saw this one woman with a, with a, a pike jacket. I was kind of like, oh, that's hot. I want to get myself a pike jacket. I'm sure they're selling it in there. And I go, I just want to buy a day pass, just one day pass. And they go, sorry, we're sold out. And I'm mm. going, like... Of course you are. Of course you are. Well, then I will spend more money at the casino. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dabo! You showed them. You Dabo! showed them. You showed them. I, l- listen, I'm, um, I've been on a cruise once. It wasn't a great experience. Um, and then after COVID, just the idea of being stuck anywhere, I've been a little like, I was like, oh, I want to do another cruise. This time I'll choose a different cruise line and I'm sure it'll be a better experience. And now I'm like, yeah, I just don't know about all that. Yeah, 
Yeah, I know. I haven't, I've been thinking about, um, there was supposed to be the like official Star Trek convention in Seattle, um, this year in May, but they decided to push it back. Um, and I was really bummed because I do enjoy going to Seattle. So hopefully something will pop up, but let us know in the comments, uh, in the questions, are y'all, are y'all into the, the cons, the things, would you want to see coverage from those things? Um, I know they, the, the big problem for me is usually the price of stuff. It's just like, you got to have the, the airfare and then the, the actual the, ticket the, and the hotel. The it's just a lot. It's a lot of latinum. You know what I mean? Maybe. I guess part of it is is for me it's about it's about the money. I'm not gonna lie, it's always about the money. So if you are, you know, responsible for a Star Trek conference and you'd love to have us there, then True. please we're open. Hey, we're very open. The other thing is about the agenda for me. Mm. It's like what's happening, what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I love to learn and I love to like watch the panels. Um, but I also am not a huge crowd person. Yeah. So the bigger the crowd, the less likely I am to, to attend. To be honest. I'm hoping, I feel like we, you know, we are still living in a pandemic so that people don't forget that. Um, and I hope that we continue to have virtual options for these events. Cause I would be buying a virtual ticket and like watching these videos and stuff. So just putting that out there anyway, I, uh, it was just on my brain space. I was also listening to, uh, the pod directive episode today and they were talking about the that got you got it on my brain space but yeah there's some there's some prices in the chat like i said if you are responsible for star trek cruise and you would like the star trek discovery podcast to attend maybe even broadcast live if the internet works from the the internet works you know (laughs) that's what you want to do you know we can you know we can broadcast from port to port or something like that i would love to see harry kim do his stand-up I mean, I'm just saying, if that's something you want and you want to provide us with with uh, accommodations and tickets, then, you know, uh, reach out to our fearless Captain Mariah Gossett. That's right. <laughs> we'll make it happen. That's, okay. that's three tickets. Don't don't have Mariah there by herself. <laughs> I'm just, I need the in. whole crew. I need the whole crew. It, it, it'll, it'll, be, it'll, be like, it'll be like, you know, the uh, I'm on a boat video where it goes. <laughs> Mariah goes, and I will go with. I got two tickets. I go with Paul and T Pain. <laughs> I mean, you know, T-Pain my is not a bad, a bad partner. So my go-to karaoke song is "I'm on a boat." Maybe one day y'all will get to see that performance of a lifetime. My, my, my believe it or not, my my very bad karaoke go-to song is "Hey Ya" by uh, yeah, it's a, by Outkast. It's a classic, classic. Okay. Good sing along. All right, y'all. I think it is finally time for some. Hot streaks. Hot streaks. It's time for some hot breaks. Um, I mean, my big hot break was how is all about Stefan and Shaw for this episode for me? Yeah, I, there we go. Come to was, the dark side. It was a good time <laughs> for me. And these um the B the B plot of this episode was a good time for me. I really enjoyed it. I thought there was some really great performances in this episode. Um, I'm glad we're finally out of the wormhole. I was glad to see uh, a, a roundtable discussion, classic, classic roundtable discussion. And um, yeah, some more some more hints at the mystery. Um, the hand cut off to talk to your boss. What a way to have to check in with your with your higher ups. I'm skipping um, that one on one. It's <laughs> 
bananas. Um, I loved going back to Worf 359. I thought it was an incredible speech. What a great monologue. Um, yeah, that's my hot freak. What about what about y'all? Who wants to jump in? Uh, listen, I'll I'll say I love this episode. This was probably I think of the four that we've seen so far, this is this is definitely my favorite. Um, I just one like sign me up for a we've got a problem we got to get out of this this nebula there's science there's ship stuff we're gonna make the impossible happen felt very tng voyager to me like mm-hmm. i love that so i was like man give me one give me one of these every week and you you got me um plus you've got the you've got this whole saboteur on board and mm-hmm some witty dialogue. You've got some backstory to help us fill out a character. Yeah. I thought this was great. And I'll go ahead and say it now. I'm sure we're going to dive into it, but I felt like I, I understood Shaw's perspective a lot more. I, I that doesn't excuse it for me, <laughs> but it explains it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, Clyde, I mean, Clyde's a hard, Clyde's a hard, uh, he's a hard, hard uh, win. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Paul? Uh, I feel like you guys are anti Ralphie and Worf saying that this is the best episode, even though it didn't include any of those. I didn't great. say the words best episode. Uh, I said uh, I enjoyed this no, episode. No, no, I, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I thought the episode was immensely gratifying because because it basically pays off four epi- three other episodes, right? Mm-hmm. This is the payoff for that. Uh, but more than that, I feel like this has this is probably the best directing and acting of I almost will say any of the seasons. Like where like I feel like I feel like Jonathan Frakes did a great job directing not only like other actors but like himself. You know, with that uh, with his little spiel to Deanna. Like I, I felt like uh, the writing was on point. Everything was hitting in all all cylinders uh, for this one. All. all, all all crystals. I, I don't know what's the what's the equivalent to uh, uh, for all, uh, you all know. warp drives, <laughs> which is funny because most of the episode is without you know power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like so it, it's all. I I mean I I really I really thought like I go like if this were the standard of like all 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 coming Star Trek, it's a high standard as far as like you know just paying off all the stuff, the serialized Star Treks. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think it's great. But you know, but that's me. I, I I'm an easy, and, and you know, obviously, I, I mean, it, it goes like, uh, you know, Picard, Riker, Beverly, Shaw. <laughs> Shaw. For those listening, Paul is putting Shaw at the top of his list. That's of, right. Of characters for this episode because he calls a spade a spade. Like you know, the only Borg so dangerous that he had a name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, though. That monologue was very impressive. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think we can we'll get to that whole scene in a in a second. But I wanted to jump back to the beginning of the episode, um, which is we get this flashback, which, uh, according to my digging, takes place two years before the events of Picard season one. So this is um, fully still human. Picard. Um, it is which is interesting to me that he would. I know you can like teleport and things are much faster in the future, but it's interesting to me that you would go all the way to Los Angeles for Haddock. Um, 
I thought that was an interesting choice. Is it two or three years? Because, like, you know, I thought Beverly told the kid when he was 18, and now he's 23. I don't know. So it said five years prior. And uh-huh. so according to the star dates, that would be two years prior to the events of season one. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, Actually done. So, uh, and he's essentially describing no-win scenarios. We love a Kobayashi Maru reference in a Star Trek show. Um, and we have all these young cadets who are just like, please, sir, tell us a campfire story. Um, which I found to be a very interest, interesting setup that it's like all of these kids watching him instead of like maybe, I don't know. I would have made it a smaller group of like cadets who are like, Please, sir. This felt very like I'm giving a lecture. <laughs> o- over fish. Over- yeah, I mean, I-, I agree with you, Mariah, because I'm thinking like, are they? I don't know. I I don't know if this is a a like a is this a bar like right near the academy? Like, well, it's ten forward in Los Angeles. It's Sky so it's Bar. A, it's a franchise now. Yeah, but the, the question is, why would all of those cadets be in that bar at that time? Right? right, like if it was like a group of people who were like, "Oh, we're meeting up because we're in in Los Angeles," and that would make that would make sense, right? If this I was mean, a bar will... on campus, then it would make sense. But that, yeah. my I guess my caveat of research is I didn't double check that it was Los Angeles, but it looks like the ten forward we've seen a bunch of times well, in it, Los it's, Angeles. It's a, obviously, it's a franchise. Guyan is very wealthy now. It's the McDonald's of bars. Ten forward, getting it's uh, similar to. Um, uh, Quark really right. cashed in on that franchise. That's right. That's right. Um, but I did think it was, I thought there was also a fun parallel later. I don't know if y'all noticed it, but when they were in the 10 forward holodeck, all of those cadets that then came in essentially looked like the older versions of all of those same cadets that were talking to him at the bar. I was like, Oh, nicely done. I see what you did here. Yeah. I was, I, uh, yeah, I was, I, I was hoping they were actually going to like be the same it, ones, like but... tie it back at least a couple yeah. of them or something. Like I saw you like, I really liked about the opening where they just they just go deep trek. Like they go like, "Can you tell us about the time the Herogen hunted you?" And then and like you know just out of nowhere, right? And then you go like, "Oh, did Janeway give you any hints? You know, did you how did you even get into our quadrant?" Blah blah blah. I'm going like, "Oh, so like everything that they were answering, like asking, it was like a, like a Herogens." You know, like that's a Voyager thing. Oh, it's Janeway. Oh, they're in the quadrant. Blah blah. blah. I'm going like. <laughs> It was just so, so deep nerd. I, I I just love it. There was a lot of deep nerd references, I feel like, in this whole episode. Um, and then, you know, our main plot point is the ship is trapped in a gravity well. Um, but I thought it was interesting from the very, I'd say like the third time I saw Beverly doing her countdown, I was like, oh, Beverly is going to solve this problem. Dr. Crusher is about to crush this problem. I Um, just thought she was going to do it faster. I also thought it was going to happen a lot sooner. I was like, you are putting peace. It's like. I, I was so happy when they all finally got around a table because I was just like, y'all have each been working on stuff. And I feel like if you had talked to each other like 20 minutes ago, we'd already be getting out of here. Like, Yes, it wouldn't be, oh, that we got one more left. It'd been like, ah, we got like three more of these. Like, it would have been something. But I was like, yeah, Beverly, like, come on. Like, little, just a teeny well, bit well, quicker. Uh, I, I, to, to, Beverly's to be fair, defense. there was a bunch of stuff going on in well, and It's not so much that I didn't think it was slow. It was like, Tell someone, right? Like, hey, share this. Anyone else yeah. want to help me think about this pattern that seems to be happening here? Well, and, <laughs> Stop and, and, working know, this on your own. I, I will say that you know, like, 
she didn't actually solve it, right? She just said, oh, in, in two more pulses, we're gonna, it's gonna blow up, we're all gonna die. And, it, and it's, it's Jack who goes like, oh, we can ride the wave. But she's just going like, oh, just so you know, boom. <laughs> well, she, 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 she correctly identified the, the problem that was at hand. Sure, sure, mm-hmm. sure. And then it was about sol- solutioning that problem. Um, which, you know, and they did it in the, the traditional, like, oh, it's our backs are against the wall. No one, no one person's got the whole piece, but together we come in and we solve it and, you know, hooray, you know, I, I listen, I know it's formulaic, but I loved it. Yeah. I think <laughs> Sorry. I, I also would have liked if we'd gotten maybe one or two of the bridge crew from, uh, the ship to have been involved in like the process, because I think we all know as viewers, especially like folks who have been watching for a long time, um, all of those characters don't need to prove themselves to us anymore. You know what I mean? Like we know they can solve this problem. We know Mm -hmm. it's coming. There are hero characters. So I would have loved to have seen like the bright young ensign science officer, someone be like, but sir, what about? And it's like, Oh yeah. Cause he makes that point of like, your crew is your family, right? Mm-hmm. No. And like, I was like, I want to see this family working yeah. together. And and we eventually get that a bit with Shaw and, and Seven, which I think is why I liked their pieces of this episode, maybe the mm-hmm. most, because it felt like seeing the potential again. You know what I mean? Sure. No, I, I feel like being the Vulcan uh, science officer or the Asian Bajoran helmsman or the other person those are real thankless roles on 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 this show right now like because because all they're all just saying stuff that you go like duh and (laughs) someone has to be you know annoying about it and and it's it's thankless but it has to be done someone has to do it right well and you know and it's it's interesting because in every other star trek franchise if you were an actor and you picked up the script and somebody said well what's your what's your role in this new unnamed Star Trek show? You'd be like, I'm science officer. No, I'm, I'm, I'm on the bridge. I'm a science officer. I'm like senior crew. You'd be like, dude, that's amazing. They're going to do direct. They're going to develop your character. It's going to like, you're going to be a part of all these things on mm-hmm. this episode. No, <laughs> like you get a couple lines, an episode. And I, 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 I understand why, right? Like you've yep. got heavy hitters and the show is really centered around them. Yeah, yep. I think the drawback to that is you limit yourself because like, I, I think there's a, it, there is a world where you have a spinoff called Titan right? and it's Shaw and this crew and you set, you've set up the spinoff for the next one. Um, but you just like, I, I gotta want to like these characters and they seem somewhat interesting, but outside of crash, I'm just like, you haven't given me much to really grab hold of. There's plenty on Shaw, but you don't want it. You don't want it. <laughs> well, you know what though? I mean, here's the deal. I, I think Shaw is actually very interesting. Um, and now that I have this backstory, cause look, prior to this, he was just an ass. Now we see the trauma right mm-hmm. we see all this trauma and again it i, I i'm not excusing it mm-hmm. people who have trauma like that's an explanation but it doesn't mean that just because you have trauma you can treat anyone the way you want to like at the end of the day i understand that for him calling um uh, seven hansen. commander hansen 
is that's his thing, but it's a jackass thing. You call people what they want to be called, period, point blank, end of statement. I, I got sure. a question. I got a question <laughs> for you, Clyde. So if we if you remember the pilot of Deep Space Nine, you know, Cisco is a real jerk to Picard. He is. Like, do you go like, I don't like this Cisco person? Or did you go like, ah, it's okay, I forgive him. So, first of all, if, <laughs> if, if I had to put these on a scale, Cisco uh-huh. was a six. Uh-huh. Okay. Shaw and that steak bit. And, uh, <laughs> like, he can't... He, like his first words to the captain were, "Well, you know, I figured that your 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 legend, your persona's so far extended into the room. I just eat like that whole bit. Like his whole vibe is so angry, so passive aggressive. He's like nine. He's like twelve, right? So I'm I just mean, like, my thing. I thought his interview on the Ready Room um, was really interesting this week because he essentially is like he sees Seven as all of the things he cannot be. She's a little rogue. It's probably what he would have been if he didn't go through Wolf Three Five Nine, right? But it is also interesting to me that like essentially Seven has been through. I would say pretty much the same trauma as Shaw, right? Like with like even more immersive encounters, with the, for example, for the board. Well, yes, her whole her <laughs> and her whole her, family. Her died. family yeah. was killed, destroyed. Like, yeah. and um, so I think they have a similar backstory. And so, like you know, Dream of Dreams, we do get like a seven spinoff in some way, shape, or form. Because I was like, the two spin-off. of them together, like finding this intersection of how they are so similar, but have just processed these like similar traumas. Um, but I think it it is like a valid cr- critique. I think of Picard's legacy is Shaw, like and Cisco, and these characters who are like. We see your legacy. We see what you've done is important, but there aren't people like there are still people who suffered in the wake of this legacy, right? Your legacy has a body count. Well, yeah. I, I, almost yeah. all major players in history have legacies that have yeah, body exactly. counts, right? Like, yes, so. I, I would say to me, and and watching the ready room was it a uh, Todd? Um, oh, I mess up his last name, but the the actor who plays Shaw. So yeah. Shaw basically says. He's not wrong. And I was like, uh, but but I, I can't quite go that far. And part of it is you want to talk about Picard and Riker's cowboy style. I'm with you. Right. You've got this prime directive that they throw out every week because they're cowboys. And we want to say, well, they're cowboys, but they save the day. If everybody was a cowboy, then it would just be a mess. Right. So that I'm with you. Here's my thing about the Borg and Locutus. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that was it a cowboy thing? He was assimilated, right? Again, that was beyond his will, right? So if this was him doing cowboy thing and screwing everything up, I'm, I ride with you. I'm for you. But in mm-hmm. this one particular, everybody who's mad at him is someone who you haven't seen assimilation up close, uh, right? I, you make a absolutely valid and compelling point, Clyde. I, I, I you know, it's and like, you, you disagree? Know. Why? No, I don't. No, <laughs> you know, like I, you know, I, I, I say that you know, it's you're absolutely right. It's not Picard's fault. It, it isn't like you know, mm-hmm. like you know, like I, I, you know, I would be assimilated. 
you know, and then they'll go like, man, the Borg have just become real jerks. They just assimilated, <laughs> they assimilated Paul's like uh, biological and mental distinctiveness. but that said like you know like i can appreciate people who have lost loved ones like you know this the you know and are unable to move on Mm -hmm. you know like 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 i think that you can you can have it could still not be your fault and still be your responsibility in a way does that make sense Mm -hmm. what did you think of um so prior to us getting you know shaw's um I'd, I'd say his uh, like big captain monologue, right, yeah. is this moment we have between Picard and Jack trying to essentially bond in these moments where they think they aren't going to exist anymore. And for, you know, what it's worth, they're going to try to have some form of connection, or at least Picard is trying to have that connection with Jack. Um, I thought it was like interesting that we never really seem to get much of a connective tissue moment between them. And I did think the essentially the scene at the very end where we see that Picard finally puts it together that perhaps the day he went to try to make this connection with him at the bar, he's like, Starfleet's always, of course, been my family. I never needed anything else. Um, I, I, I was like, I, I see the justification, but I think I would have liked to have seen a little bit more tension there because I felt like it was getting like I was getting the beginnings of things. But then we had to, like, you know, get the ship out of the gravity well. So it was like we kind of lost some of those character moments there. What did y'all think of their interactions? Yeah. So, you know, that whole thing was was interesting to me because I was like, oh, this is interesting. It definitely felt like it was more for Picard than anyone else, right? It didn't. It didn't feel like it was mutual. Like, hey, this is our moment. It felt like, wow, Picard is taking this this moment, and then it felt like incredibly prematurely interrupted because one, you got a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. come in, you know, and then the next thing you know, he's telling a story, which again did. It, it almost seemed like it was a distraction. Like this is supposed to be about him and Jack, but now these people come in. He's telling a story. Everybody's paying attention. Then Shaw jumps in there, like, you know, like Shaw. Yeah. Do you and, think and, it was? Go ahead. And I say, and here's the thing that ultimately fell flat for me is that at no moment did I really feel the tension, right? right. Like, w- this is episode four. And I think there's some things that we just know. This is episode four. I know enough, I know enough about this this series that they're not killing the ship right. in episode four. So the tension just did not feel that real to me. It was more like a, it's like one of those mysteries where, you know, the detective's going to solve it. You just don't know how. Yeah. I also felt like, I wonder what y'all think about Picard picking that location knowing how he then says, oh, the reason why the holodeck still works is because we know in times of crisis, we need this to work, which I found to be a very convenient line because literally as they walked in, I was like, I thought they just stripped all power from all systems. Um, So they have the battery. It's connected to the Duracell bunny. But he essentially is like, this becomes a place where people come together in times of crisis. And so it's like, does he know then that this is not actually going to be a space where they can have like fully intimate conversations? Interesting. Or do you think he just maybe had some sort of internal thought that perhaps his face looks familiar and he's trying to put the pieces back together in his mind? No, I, so, uh, go ahead, Paul. 
I was going to say, like, you know, I don't actually think Picard knows what to do in the situation. Like, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a completely new thing to him. Like, oh, well, it's not completely new because, like, in episode, season seven, like, you know, he had that son that was almost a son, but not quite a son, you know, that, mm-hmm. the, the Frangy trick. But, like, that aside, like, here's here's literally the son of someone you, uh, your son with someone who you've had deep relationships for, like, 40 plus years. And the guy doesn't want anything to do with you, really. He says so much. He goes, like, I, I don't know. This is, like, I don't need that moment, dude. Because he already had that moment. We don't know that till the end. But, like, he already had the moment where, like, I know who you are. I don't need you to, to tell me who you are. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know. Uh, but, like, in some ways, if I, if I were to be unkind, not that I ever would be because I'm a, I'm a lovely person. Never. I, I, never be. But, 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 you know, but Picard is, like, Jack calls it another. It's for him. He's doing this for him. He's not doing it for Jack. Jack, you know, and all he really does is basically say like, oh, like, like Jack even knows it. He goes like, tell me about the most harrowing time you had, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, Picard gets to tell this story. Uh, He's you know, like, but, but your mother told you this story. Already, exactly. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think the scene is so well written because it's so complicated as far as like this. No one's getting what they really want, except for perhaps Picard. Who doesn't even know that like like Jack is so far ahead of him until the very end, right? Do you guys want a crazy Mariah prediction? Bring like, it, you know, bring it. I don't think this Jack Crusher is Jack Crusher the son. Ooh, fascinating! I think I, like I think it. the Jack Crusher that actually exists is somewhere else, and this is some sort of linked entity. To Jack, like like a changeling of some sort, like my prediction last week. Potentially a changeling, but I I feel like if we were going to get more of a changeling vibe, it would um we would have seen some sort of he's like staring at himself in the mirror, right? Like mm-hmm. he's having yeah. that moment, and we get those flashes. And I was just like, is he secretly like a weird upgraded Borg? Mm. You know, because Shaw makes a point of saying in this episode um about the stargaze so he's talking about the stargazer from last season and he's just like the borg that you encountered on the stargazer not are not weird, all of the borg yeah. not those weird right. borgs not those weird borgs that want peace he's so, like the other borgs are still out there i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna raise it up and say maybe this is some type of board changeling hybrid like hybrid I was also potentially gonna toss out what about the breen and we make this a full dominion uh, a full Dominion team up. <laughs> I I want to I I want to say like I, I think the idea that all this is happening and we're looking at this in the holodeck makes some sense to me because I think it's like um it's a crisis it's a crisis space right like t- if you're if you got to shut down power how often have we seen some type of ten ten forward esque place. Mm-hmm. Become the place where hostages are held. Like is it, your choices are either a like a bar, and, and in this case, your holodeck bar or a cargo bay, right? This is where everybody's rattling because we need to, um, we need to, you know, congregate in one point, right? So I think that's why they're there. But to your point, Mariah, Picard had to know that. That's an interesting kind of revelation. He wasn't gonna get if he really wanted a private conversation. He had to know that wasn't going to be the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also interesting that I think what I'm struggling with in this whole thing is I want to see Picard mature. And this was a moment where I thought, well, maybe he's maturing and going, let me have this conversation with my son that I don't know. 
And but I also realize that as a parent, when when a child, even a 20 something year old child says to you, I don't need this nine times out of 10, they're wrong. Right. That they're speaking from a place of 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 hurt. And when we think about what Picard said kind of in the flashback, when he's going, Starfleet is the only family I've ever needed. That is that is true for someone who has never had a family mm-hmm. and whose biological family is dysfunctional, right? That is like somebody who's single and has always been singing on, well, don't you want to be in a relationship? I've never needed to be in a relationship. I'm fine. Yes, until you meet that person and then you're like, oh, I want to be in a relationship. And so I don't give any weight to Picard saying that, but that doesn't mean it didn't hurt Jack any less. Mm -hmm. What I'm hoping for is now that Picard has had that revelation, he can be parental in how he comes and address that, right? Like what I don't want to see is him just go, and then don't say anything, like don't address it. Like at this point, the mature thing is to, to like go to Jack and go, you were there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that like, was then. I know you were there. Mm-hmm. I know you were there. Like, you heard me say some things. I'm different now. I, you know, I wish I had known you. I, I, if I knew you, I would have needed you. Like, all the, the, mm-hmm. the sappy parental stuff. But uh, not, not to go astray and deep nerd, <laughs> but Picard has been a father and a grandfather in that episode where that mind probe like gave him a whole life in 15 minutes with the flute. So he, Oh yes. So, so he actually knows more than, than, than Riker basically. <laughs> he's what not acting to, like it. <laughs> yeah, he, He's not, he's not. Uh, and I, I don't know if the writers saw of this, but like, you know, from, from, from like, you know, from Canon, from alpha memory one, or whatever, like, you know, like <laughs> it, 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 he, Picard has those skills. Low key, I like that episode. By the way, yeah, I know no, it's it's a great episode. I it is. I I thought it was, I enjoyed that episode quite yeah. a bit, yes. and it doesn't have a whole lot of ships in it. There's no space fights, uh, the, which, but, which is a which must be amazing episode for Clyde. It is, it really is. Um, I wanted to talk about who do we think Vedic is talking to. So I was like. I I paused the the credits to see who the voice actor was, and they just title that character as the face is the all face. they're giving us. And I was like, ah, oh, you sneaky guys! You knew I was gonna go looking for this. <laughs> you know what? It reminded me of it reminded me of Enterprise. Oh, I was <laughs> like, it reminded me of teen, of uh, of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers yeah, of yeah, like definitely, the guy. definitely, <laughs> yeah. but like uh, but Enterprise when you, the guy was talking through time, you know, like you know. Uh, uh, it's just me, right? It's just me again. Okay, I have faith of the heart. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, my, my, I, I have a theory. Okay, Paul theory. Paul Let me theory. See if I have like, a banner. Uh, so, like, so, as as one of the resident experts on changelings, like, this is not normal changeling behavior where you can just communicate, mm. you know, blah blah blah, and cut off your hand. That just seems really weird, too. Mm-hmm. So like you know like because Chainlink could just like you know Odo just used to drip his his hand you know like I- I'll give you some some goo, so yeah they seem to be able to leave goo places and, and these guys don't really act like Chainlink Chainlink is like really talk like dopey weird kind of thing so my 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 belief is is in that like hybrid kind of like uh like you said the Borg uh Chainlink hybrid mm-hmm. but I think what happened is like the Chainlink the faction 
like like allowed some people to like you know have changing powers like like mm-hmm. meld with them or something and so now they're bound to them by that's why vatic was probably a one of these people who had her ship and blah 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 mm-hmm. and then these people just go like oh I, I I will go through the procedure or whatever, and uh, and now I'm bound to these changes. And so everyone's created the link. And then I go, maybe Jack is that way too. I don't know. And, but you think there's like a new so like um, what's the big pool again that they they all kind of come the from? link the great the link the great, great link. link. So we know Odo had to go into the great link to kind of um, get back or to cure everyone from that crazy disease from section sure, thirty one, sure. right? And um, to create peace, Odo essentially went back to to the Great Link. Um, is there potential that like the that there is another Great Link? Essentially, like could there be an evil Great Link? Like could ooh, the link split? Ooh. I I don't necessarily think it's evil. P.W. Gregory says the changelings appear ill to me. I yep, think but... there could be a second great link mm. that is ill. Like, so a faction, because I think we heard like there Because they've left it and they are like less like There's something like they, they, they tried something, they did something. And that's also why, like one of the things that we noticed is that when, you know, in, in like one of my favorite scenes is when seven kills the changeling pretending to be, um in LaForge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It what we're used to is when a changeling dies, it goes back into its like um liquid oh, state. True. And it turns to dust. This one, this one didn't, right? Like it stayed, at least for what we've seen so far, is that it stayed as LaForge. So this feels different. Like, so it feels like something's it feels lesser, they feel lesser to me or different, um, for whatever reason. Uh, and, and I think that's that's what we're dealing with here. This is this is an offshoot because also, like I know we've got much better special effects, mm-hmm. but when they're in their liquid state, that it looks, looks disgusting. Janky, <laughs> like, it's, it's janky as hell. Pussy, and I'm like, right. that can't be. That can't be what a healthy liquid state looks like. That's just. I don't know. Can't. It just looked more fleshy though, and I think that was mm. you know. I don't know. I feel well, like it's also a special well, effects upgrade, well, well, but. Like a, another bit of like Star Trek like fact that so like when Odo used to turn into the various things the mm-hmm. table or whatever like you couldn't scan for him like you know like mm-hmm. that that that's what made the changeling so hard it's like you right. couldn't cha- scan so the, so I I don't unless technology has changed and the residue was going to so the scanners are better like you know the I felt like that that solution get the residue. And scan for that, like that. That that's a non-realistic thing. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, she essentially didn't even have to do it, so we don't even know if it actually would have happened uh, or not right. because exactly. they had that. She had the encounter in the hallway. So, well, well there's got to be something because, like, this isn't this. Is, they're not new. Changelings aren't new, mm-hmm. and so there has to be some type of protocol to scan. Like the truth of the matter is, Seven said this a couple times, is that they had a changeling on board far before jack crusher they right. even knew about yeah. jack crusher so it's going pretty deep as far right. as like what these folks are looking for so like that's my question is like how is jack the key you know yeah. well, and and i think where i was going was there's got to be a, a a protocol to scan for changelings right there is you know what they did 
in Deep Space Nine, they phasered everything <laughs> and, and then forced the changeling to come out. That's what they did. The, 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 like, there's a whole episode where, like, you know, that's the that's the new protocol. Yeah, but I imagine now, by this point, you've got some type of scan technology that you you. I just mean, it's not that have. far off from Deep Space Nine, though. Yeah, well, it's, just, it's, 20, it's, it's twenty years, right? It's it's about twenty years. So yeah, I guess uh, how many iPhones would have come out between the <laughs> there, there you go. twenty twenty years twenty. <laughs> yeah. So maybe <laughs> uh, like and, and never underestimate the ingenuity of like you know the federation but like True. but i don't know i i feel like uh yes could have they come up with a scan system absolutely i, I just don't think it was very much in the consciousness after like you know the treaty of whatever right i mean what i the reason why i bring that up is is just that maybe this new to mariah's point fleshier version of the changelings allows them to escape detection better than they would have before. Like I'm sure. trying to, I'm listen, I, I'm, I'm pulling at the air because I'm trying to make this make sense. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make why this weird looking fleshy, like liquid. I think it's like, just a, a special effects upgrade. Y'all. Like, somebody, <laughs> so, uh, I, I, somebody, I think, somebody was this, like, I like it. This living scab. That's what it is. It's, it's, <laughs> But wrong. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what the, you know, uh, it could just, Mariah could be right. You could be right, Clyde. Like, you're like, we don't know. I can't see the future. It's true. Um, I did love, so when we finally get the ship sort of like uh, the nacelles come off, I did love that the way that Seven was able to tell that um, the the non-crush LaForge was not actually, and so LaForge was like, oh, we have this respect moment. Shaw gets like I, I like that Shaw helped save the day. I was like, I think I needed him to be a part of like the team up, you know, for, for, for that. And so I, I did like that a lot. And because Shaw's um, great. He's going to carry a, a series. And then we get, we get Riker gets to toss an asteroid at, yep. and that that's hot. at the yeah. strike. It was yeah. pretty great. I did notice. So, so the strike in order to go back into the, um, the nebula, tosses the portal technology which is now just left somewhere in deep space floating did around they, did they toss it or did, i just thought they turned it off no, no they, they, they it they came rejected. off and you saw like it come over and it says daystrom institute across the screen and so you know what time it is so peanut hamper is going to find this portal technology. thank you mariah oh my god oh, oh my god you it, know it makes it's so still clear. floating around in space Oh my god, thank you. Finally, you know, uh, I actually was like, about did you think we were gonna make it, Clyde? It's about 15 happen. minutes ago. 15 minutes ago, I said to myself, oh, man, We're on a roll, maybe it won't happen. But I was like, I can't tell anybody, I can't like put it in the chat, like, man, we're not even talking about peanut hamper. This is gonna be great. And so I let my guard down, and the minute I do, oh, mama Mar- said, knock you out. Mama <laughs> said, knock you out. Right into it. You walked right into that <laughs> chat club. Right into that. Phaser set the kill. Phaser set the kill. <laughs> Marazzo. And you know, like, the piece came off, and, you know, it says Daystrip, and I'm all leaning in, like, oh, where is she going? Then, peanut hamper. Yes, yeah, where everything leads to, which is Peanut Hamper and Badgie take over the universe. You Could you imagine Peanut Hamper me. with wormhole, like w- w- with quantum tunneling technology? Oh my God, she would rock. It would be super fun. 
Um, so my, my actual theory though, with the, uh, with peanut, it, it involves maybe <laughs> peanut hamper is, um, you know, now this is just hanging out. We don't know how these portals work. Potentially this is how we finally get our lower decks and strange new worlds crossover. Oh, there we go. There we go. It's all happening. Yes. It's all so, happening. Cause we are in the correct timeline right now mm-hmm. for there to be some lower deck characters. So could be could be possible um so, mariah there's a lot of chat people are talking about what about the pa race and yeah the, I, I love that i love that go like i, I think the two piece start that yes, i love it yes. I, i'm i feel like i would need to brush up on the paw. i mean anything like what's going on with goldicott like well goldicott and the pa race are stuck in the dimension because the book okay. is with them so like you know That's right. a- according to the prophets like they are never going to get out and because they have like they see all of time at once i tend to believe them but if it is the pa race Boom! I love the Paw Race. <laughs> they, it's like Paw Race, Lore, Picard, <laughs> Shaw, Shaw, Peanut Hamper, Peanut Hamper. <laughs> no, 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 like it's like Peanut Hamper. <laughs> what am I gonna do with you guys? <laughs> Sacrifice us to Peanut Hamper. Um, <laughs> um, no, but I do, I do wonder what the repercussions of leaving this portal technology is just in the middle of space. Um, and then the other thing that I actually really loved in this episode uh, was when we get all of the space uh, babies call back to encounter at Farpoint. We get our space um, sort of squid creatures, which I thought looked really cool. Um, I loved having Beverly and Riker give pieces of the OG um you know, monologue. I really enjoyed that. So I, I had a good time with that final like moment of wonder with the crew kind of being like, Oh, we're not dead. And now we're just surrounded by cool squids in space. This is nice. <laughs> in space. Um, what else is I going to say? Oh, and then another fun fact of this episode is this is the first time we have heard Picard close an episode with an Abrol's log. Mm. admiral's log um and it's the first time he's done any kind of voiceover like this in entirety in picard and the first time we've heard a log style voiceover from uh him since nemesis so i was like it's a a, a milestone of a moment of a captive of a admiral's log there we go he's you know and uh, yeah, then we have Jack having visions. We finally get, um, you know, shirtless, shirtless Jack, which I feel like, uh, you know, people some people were waiting for, potentially. But I, I noticed he was wearing dog tags, and I'm wondering where those came from and who this, who, oh, I didn't even those notice belong, that. who those might belong to. Uh, um, the, probably the production designer. <laughs> I was like, does our dog tags like something that's still issued? I don't have like a lot of memory of like there being. I feel like people have like the pins and yeah. And... I, I, I don't. I don't think dog tags are, are a Star yeah. Trek thing. But maybe yeah. maybe it's a a, a ranger uh, thing or or maybe like a medical like, doctor thing. Maybe basically it'd be the equivalent to outer rim type situation. Like you know, like just on the edge of start of of Federation space. Kind of here's here's my blood type and my you know my vaccination status. 
Yeah, I'm. I wonder if we'll get some more about that because it doesn't quite make sense. Uh, Chippy's like, maybe it, it was just fit. a necklace. Maybe I'll, I'll double check. I only had time to watch this one and a half times today. I watched it all the way through, and then I sped through to watch a couple scenes I had questions about. But well, I thought I actually thought um, I thought Doc Tags too. So okay. you're not you're not alone in that. Murray. Double check. Um, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's like a Lord of the Rings thing, and it's the necklace is calling him back to a. Collection. Oh yeah, no, no, like like, like there's uh, the space Mordor. You know, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, and Picard becomes Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, maybe what our goal should be, um, right, is just to have like, you know, Clyde like on air go, you know, guys, I gotta sign off. Boop. <laughs> no. Gone. <laughs> well, so, uh, I mean, you you're not gonna you're not gonna chase me out of here with space and Mordor. Yeah. Right. I'm okay. That's weird, but sure. Sign me up. <laughs> um so I mean, we I, just had space babies that yeah. were like birthed out of a nebula. Yeah. So and last season we had those weird ass Borg. You know, like it's, it's you know, we're I all in it. for the ride. It's going to be a good time. Um, yeah. We didn't cut away from the ship at all this episode. Our B plot was with Shaw and Seven, and so we are now finally out of the nebula. I'm assuming we are heading to the star base where we're finally going to team up with Jordy LaForge. Is what I'm assuming is happening next episode, um, but I could be wrong. It could be um, the next episode is an all Warf Ralphie episode. I would also be happy with that. Yeah. Um, Chippy points out we also got an Odo cameo in here. We did yeah. when they were looking at the pads. Yeah, I, I always feel sad. You know, you know, uh, the actor who played Odo is gone. You know, like it's it's, it's sad. Yeah, but I, I'm always I feel like this show does a good job of like naming stuff and providing small mm-hmm. legacy pieces mm-hmm. to kind of keep those characters alive um, in the spaces, um, much like they keep. I think it's hilarious that they so the planet that Rafi and um, Worf are on and that um, uh, who was ta- who was talking about it in this episode? Oh, I think um, Jack was telling a story about being on Metallus. And how much of a piece of crap planet it is and how awful it is. And the fact that that's named after their showrunner, I think, is hilarious. <laughs> oh, love it, love it, love it. Um, so that was a, a good time. But uh, any other fun predictions or other things you want to talk about this episode? It was action-packed. There was a lot going on. But I, I feel like, again, we're, we, we've, like, finished a piece of this puzzle. I don't think – oh, my big question. Is this the last we see of Vedic? No, oh, I no, I did, did too much, too much. She spent like she's been there for three and and, and only on her only on her ship. I need to see her off ship. Well, and if if that ship had actually destroyed on camera, then I'd be like, oh, maybe. But no, it just looked like it was bruised a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I think it'll be fine. They're going into warp meltdown, so on the verge of warp meltdown. Yeah, on the verge, but we did not see it explode. Mm-hmm. Right, which to me means that something's going to happen. They're going to be okay. We're going to see some. It's hard to know because, again, I think we're getting, what, 10 episodes? Yeah. All right. So we're 40% of way through the season. Mm -hmm. Right? And and we in this episode, we barely got Vedic. Vedic is a phenomenal big bad. But we are told that Laura's coming, Moriarty's coming, and like I said, 40% through. So it could be a situation where we shift to a new big bad, you know, even though I think Paul's hoping that Laura 
I, save the day, but I, 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 I'm Laura will save the day. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon. <laughs> but like that's not the point. Uh, I guess my question is like, who do you think the the hand, you know, the the uh, the face behind the the hand is? Because I suspect that someone in the Star Trek universe, because Vedic is new, hmm. I feel like something, someone, it, it it should be someone who has some a, tie a, in. A vendetta against the Federation, mm-hmm. like you know, like I, I, I'm curious who you think that might be. Yeah, I don't know if it's any clue, but it is voiced by a Los Angeles weatherman. Oh, well, who that, also well, does voiceover work. But you know, uh, okay, well, that would explain his uh, cloudy and thunderous demeanor. <laughs> oh, Clyde! Oh, oh wow, no, Clyde! Wow. Get out of here, Clyde! Oh, <laughs> That was the last uh, straw. I, I mean, <laughs> oh, no. but, but sorry yeah, about the, that. Yeah, like who, who would have? So it would be someone who has access to uh, changelings, mm-hmm. uh, and someone who has a vendetta against the Federation. Like the Breen. It, it, the, the Breen could be it. Like you know, we just don't. We've just never heard. You know, the Breen speak mm-hmm. English, so it, it makes it a hard. Uh, That's why uh, he was so groggy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but like, uh, yeah, it, it's just interesting. Like, I, I wonder who it would be like someone anyway. I got yeah, nothing, I, but I, I, am, I can't wait to find out. I'm wondering. So the next two episodes are directed by um, Dan Liu, who has done mostly, I'll say, horror genre things and some sci-fi things and some big action shows. No, like, so. To me, that means I'm hoping we get cool fight scenes. It gets a little dark, a little twisty. Um, I mean, Dan Luke did the Strange New World. You yeah. know, he, uh, mm-hmm. he, uh, he uh, what do you call it? Uh, All Mankind. Like he, and, and you know, some Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lots of Walking Dead. Well, I, um, I, I have seen a little bit of the clip during the ready room, so I mm-hmm. know we're going to get some wharf, mm-hmm. back action. Yeah, and I'm. I'm for it. Like I, I saw it and I was like, no, no, no. I can't wait till next week. I need to see all of that scene mm-hmm. and then maybe rewind it and watch it two more times. Like I'm, I'm, I'm for it. Like I, I think I'm, I'm interested in seeing it, see where it goes. Uh, it'll be, it'll be a nice, a nice departure. Like I got the whole ship. I'm excited about next week. Um, and I think we're going to, I, I'm, I'm what I, I think what I'm most curious about at this point is how they're going to tie in this war frothy storyline to the kind of Picard, Riker, Beverly mm-hmm. Jack storyline. Mm-hmm. And we know that both of them have, have experienced changelings, mm-hmm. but that means that this is just the pieces of a bigger plot. And so the question for me is how fast is this going to be put together next episode? Three episodes from now, never. That's what I'm excited about. What if yeah. it's Thomas Riker? Ooh, it, it, that's a that would be a deep cut. I mean, that, the next it, episode is titled "Imposter." Mm. Like, because like, I'm I'm thinking like because maybe Thomas Riker he was in a, a Cardassian prison planet. He was left for dead. And pissed off, he would have had access to like you know, uh, like the second time that he's been left left to die by the Federation, <laughs> like uh, and uh, and now like he would have access to Changeling, 
theoretically. I don't know. I, I'm I'm just I'm just trying to put to piece it all together. I, I'm I'm go I'm literally as we're talking going through seven <laughs> seasons of Star Trek, seven <laughs> seasons of these, seven seasons of, uh, you of know, Voyager. Just and, a little light work. <laughs> as we're talking, like, you know, like, like my positron matrix is over, it's overheating right now. You're going well, into warp core meltdown. That's right. Well, Paul, maybe it's, it's, it's Thomas Riker and it's like, uh, Sela, Tasha Yar's Romulan clone. Like, oh. let's just, let's just bring them all in here. We'll throw in, we'll, well, th- we'll, we'll throw them all in. That would actually be really cool. It was is it or Sela? I don't I don't know if that's her name right. But like, uh, but but like you know, so the Romulan like so she blames Picard for the death of the Romulan Empire because you know he he wasn't able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know he she she's known for being intelligence operative, so she's able to do. And so she just she just she just changed her voice to sound like a dude for the hand thing, and and she's she's menacing and she's talented. I, I like that. I like that, Clyde. Uh, yes, thing. yes. Uh, uh, yeah, Thomas uh, did wind up going to like, uh, what you call it, the uh, uh, Cardassian jail. Yeah, he wasn't. He, he wasn't. He wasn't killed though. <laughs> I have to admit, every time you say Kardashian, I keep thinking of the uh, Kardas of the uh, like the uh, the, Kardashian. the Kardashians. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking it would be really so... funny if someone did like an SNL skit that was like the Kardashians, but it's like they look like Kardashians. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I think it'd be great. <laughs> or if we could get a Kardashian to be have a guest starring role mm-hmm. as a Kardashian, a Kardashian. Mm-hmm. No. no, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Well, no, like, we, we just have we, we just have keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> Boom, there you go. It, 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 it writes itself. <laughs> You know, right. I, I think I caused us to go way off the rails. There. No, no, I, I think it's great. Like you know, and I know exactly. I know exactly who can help out with that. It's Peanut Hamper. She's Ooh. gonna come on in and be the star of that show. Okay. Uh, anything else, y'all? <laughs> um, anything else, y'all wanted to talk about in this episode? No, I'm excited. I think it's gonna be. I'm. I'm excited to see what happens next. So. Mm-hmm. Good episode. Like, like the, I think I think yeah I'm pretty it's all it's all pretty good right now like I, I mean I wasn't the biggest fan of last episodes but I thought I, I understood what I was doing I felt like this episode really really wrapped it up in a way that I I liked you know like it, it was worth the four episode arc so so and I'm now I'm eager to see you know Worf uh Worf and what's called and Rafi. Worf and the gang mm-hmm. you know like but who knows? Like you know, maybe Worf. Uh, maybe Worf dies. That maybe Worf is is the. Uh, oh, that was the big question I was going to have for y'all. Was do you think this whole season is going to lead up to? Um, I don't even know if I want to say it. Do you think? Say, no, say it, say it. I'm right theory. We need a right theory. I have a banner. Okay, okay. Yeah, Where did it go? Do you think they're going to kill Picard at the end of this? Like I mean, like, like. Like yes, his, like his positronic robot body. I mean, like it can wear out. Oh, sure, I, I, and it, think... it doesn't have to be in like a violent. It could be like we just get a flash, you know, like a six feet under style finale where we see where everyone ends up. We get the epilogue, <laughs> and it's like Picard on the on his deathbed, surrounded by his both biological and Starfleet family. I haven't thought about this before. I don't know anything. I'm gonna call my shot. I think that ultimately 
Picard will give his life mm. for the crew and for his son in some capacity, right? Like I think at the end, I now that you asked the question, yeah, I think uh, I don't think Picard makes it out of this. Uh, this this episode, they keep this, being this. like it is the final season, and I'm like, if you're gonna fully close that book. Is there any other way to fully close that book? I mean, you've you've already like killed him once, and so right, like, so so my 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 thing my thing is like I think he's gonna basically have coffee with Laris at the very end because they set it up in the beginning. I'm I'm waiting for you at this coffee shop. Mm-hmm. So so I I personally think that like you know they don't have the whatever the Starfleet. You know the 21st century mm-hmm. version of Cajones is to kill Picard, but but I think he'll have a nice sweet ending where where he goes into like a legitimate retirement. Do you think anyone dies? Like I, I I'm I'm always hoping that someone dies because I I because I, I, you know I'm because I'm 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 an awful that's that's my part of my biological and mental distinctiveness. <laughs> so you're okay if that someone is Shaw. You take that back, Clyde. <laughs> I you take that back. Uh, you know, what? What? Like, the, I think the person. Uh, I don't think they're going to kill anyone. I, I, I think I, I, I don't. I don't think they're going to kill anyone. Besides, a lot of changelings. A lot of changelings. A lot of faceless, like pussy, Dude. like like you know, basically human Play-Doh. You know, uh, but yeah, I'm. I mean, you know, you know who they, I think he'll kill. You, you ready for this, Riker? Whoa! No, no. I, I, I think, I think Riker is the one who, you know, like he's he's got his redemption arc, like where he goes, like, oh, I, I really want to be with my family, blah blah blah, but I need to save the world, blah blah blah. I think it's this Riker moment. You don't no. like that, do you, Clyde? You it's don't like that. that. Don't, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that Jonathan Frakes has a habit of showing up in many, many, every, many every series. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. I understand. It's probably written in his contract. You cannot kill me off. I have too much fun. Direct, and you have him as a director. Like well, you he's have, not going to sign up as to direct without actually being able to do a cameo. I expect to see him in a a, 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 a Section Thirty One show. I, That's l- right. Listen. It would not surprise me to see see him in a strange new world show at some point. At some well, apparently as... he directed the crossover app. Oh, did he really? Mm-hmm. They were oh, talking yeah. about on the pod directive. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get something like a. It won't be Riker. Oh, It'll be like true. a a Riker. Lana makes a good point. Maybe they kill Lore every season. A Brent Spiner must die. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that's hilarious. That is pretty hilarious. Like the that, 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 that is very hilarious. I, 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 mean, I got... he's he's got to hold the record for the mo- the character or the actor in Star Trek who's been killed off the most. It's gotta be <laughs> Brett Spiner in some form or fashion. All right, we don't have to keep talking about the death. It was just a big question I had at the end of this episode. Yeah, no, no, it's good. No, it's, it's a good question. Like, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see. Uh, but I, I think Laris is gonna get her man, and and Picard's gonna read a book at the end of his life. Yeah, he's gonna yeah. finally finish his memoir. And like, like, like you know, like uh, there and back again. Uh, you know, uh, a Hobbit's journey. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to get ready to become Gandalf. That's right. The bald. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like like the board come and he goes, I you do, shall not pass. I do, I 
did just remember though, I thought it was so funny that literally the ship is possibly going to explode. And Jack's question is, when did you lose your hair? I mean, listen, I, you know, I want to say that doesn't make sense, but I have a five-year-old son who's asking, who's, who asks me that question all the time. Like, when did you lose your hair? I'm like, don't worry about it. Your grandfather has a, has much hair. You're fine. And he's looking at me like, am I going to lose my hair? I'm like, you're five. Why are you worried about this? So I can understand that when Jack looking at Picard for the first time, he's looking and going, I just, I need to know, like, I like, (laughs) I like my locks. Like, do I get to keep them? (laughs) He's got the perfect bedhead going on at all mm-hmm. times. Um, okay, guys, I think that is it for tonight. You can uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple. You can also leave us stars on Spotify if you feel like doing that. Uh, visit StarTrekPod.co uh, to find links to everywhere. You can share the show. You can find us on social media. You can find our Patreon. Shouts to Karen, who helps run our Twitter. We appreciate you. Um, and, uh, yeah. Oh, the other thing is I know, um, there's been some chat on Twitter's today and I'm going to try to connect with the fine folks over at the Dura's podcast and strange new pod, um, about doing sort of a big thing next year for the last season of disco. Um, so doing some fun rewatches, recaps, and then a disco ball with some awards in the the talks. Disco ball, baby. A disco ball. So that should be a good time. So keep an eye on the Twitters over there. Thank you all so much for joining us on Star Trek Discovery Pod. Live long and prosper. Bye bye. Long prosper, everyone. Boom. Later.